When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. But we are joined today with the true cute one to break down Clueless. We have Dakota Wright with us today. Hi. Hey, what's up, bitches? (laughs) (laughs) I am so excited to have you on, and I'm so excited to be covering a movie that I think both me and Donnie like, because it has been real bitchy and (laughs) catfighty lately here on the podcast. So this will be a nice reset. Totally. And can we just say that the 90s and 2000s are like my era? So I'm stoked. Oh, you've come to the right place. One of <laughs> I know. So this movie premiered July 19th, 1995. It was a Wednesday, mm. which mm. maybe this is just bad research because that doesn't seem right, but... Okay. Brad Pitt was named People's Sexiest Man Alive this year. Mm. The Macarena was all the rage. ER, Seinfeld, and Friends were on everyone's televisions. And Waterfalls by TLC was the number one song in the USA. Wow. Also, when this movie came out, the nation was still reeling because just one month earlier, O.J. Simpson put on those gloves and Johnny Cochran said, if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. (laughs) So, oh, wow. I always said that Clueless is a real companion piece <laughs> to the O.J. Simpson. It is. It is. Cher seems like someone O.J. would have married. Would he have kept her alive, though? <laughs> Allegedly. I'm just kidding. If he did it. Yeah, if she had been on those roads, though, I don't think he would have gotten so far in that Bronco. <laughs> so the O.J. Simpson trial started 94, 95, 96, I think. Mm. And I remember it clearly. Like, it's kind of sick that I was five years old, like talking about the O.J. Simpson trials with my cousin at the countertop eating my pancakes. Everybody was talking about it. I considered myself an O.J. aficionado, but I was only nine years old. But the O.J. was just my warm up. That wasn't what I like to talk about. But when John Bonet happened, that's oh, when I was like, oh, I'm political. <laughs> Let's talk about the news. Yeah, and I know that that was the start of the 24 hour news cycle. Yeah. And it is just very mm. disheartening that we as a society haven't learned anything that we're like, oh, somebody's super sad tragedy. Let's all tune in for entertainment. <laughs> right. Alex Murdoch, Murdoch, whatever you say. Yeah. yeah. That whole thing. So thanks for tuning in to this super up. The Clueless episode. Well, now, that is a good segue, though, because I do feel like Clueless is a perfect movie because she is so Mm pure-hearted. And we'll get into that. So, Donnie, do you have any background info or trivia for us today? I do. Yes, I do. It was written and directed by Amy Heckerling. She also wrote and directed Look Who's Talking 1 and 2. And that movie Loser starring Jason Biggs and Mina Suvaira. Huh. I don't know if either of you have seen it. I saw it in theaters. Oh. My husband's a big movie buff. So like, oh. it's been released. I have probably been made sad to watch it. So. Did you enjoy it is the question? I vaguely recall it. But I do love Always Jason Biggs. Sign. Yeah. Clueless was based on Emma by Jane Austen. I don't know if you knew we were dabbling in a classic here, but it has its roots. We're so smart. I I love when we cover a classic. (laughs) The budget was twelve million and it made fifty-seven million worldwide. Hmm. I'll take it. Yeah. In terms of critics and awards, it won some pretty major things. First of all, Alicia Silverstone won the MTV Movie Award and the Blockbuster Entertainment Award for the role of Cher. And then, Chelsea, you'll be shocked to learn that your bestie, Roger Ebert, had this to say about the movie. He said, Clueless is a smart and funny movie, and the characters are in on the joke. The movie is aimed at teenagers, but like all good comedies, it will appeal to anyone who has a sense of humor and an ear for the ironic. Wow. That's like the perfect recap of it. Roger Ebert keeps us on our toes, Dakota, because for Spice World, he was like, 
people in line at Dunkin' Donuts would do a better job. Truly, that was his quote. So now we don't know what to expect from this Yeah, movie. I've really taken a journey with old Bob. I tell my husband he should be a movie critic because, like, oh. we'll sit and watch a movie, and I'll be like, iconic, tens across the board. Like, that's the best movie I've ever seen, and he's already given it, like, a two on a Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> he just rips it to shreds. I'm like, but people don't look at movies in the same mm. lens as you are. It's like, you need to chill out. Yeah. When people ask me, like, who's your favorite actress? What's your favorite movie? I have to specify. I know that best is better than favorite. Yeah. Like, I might tell you my favorite actress, which is the question you asked, but please don't think that I think it's a good actress. Listen, if Sandra Bullock's going to be in something, I'm seated, okay? I will see Sandy B in anything. Yes. She could do Sharknado 57, and I'm right there paying the tickets, buying a $30 popcorn, like, I'm right there. Oh, wow, they're putting Sharknado 57 in the theater. <laughs> Sandy's in it, I'm buying it. Back to this movie, if we must. Yeah. The movie had one tagline, so I'm going to give it to you, and then you have to choose whether you're going to fuck, marry, or kill this single tagline. It is <clears throat> sex, clothes, popularity, whatever. <laughs> I'm killing it. Yeah. I'm going to fuck it. Whatever. <laughs> Why? Um, I don't know. Something about it. It just spoke to me. I don't need to marry it, but like a nice one-night stand. Hmm. It's fine. Lay your hair down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully before Dakota and I kill it. Yeah, I'm killing it because, <laughs> listen, I'm a wild child, but there's always someone in the back of my head like, this is not responsible. So that's the only reason why I'm killing it. Like, those are clearly words to live by if you like want to have fun. But like I said, that little voice back here, girl. But the voice tells you that murder is okay. <laughs> yeah. To murder an irresponsible thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie was ranked number seven on Entertainment Weekly's 50 Best High School Movies. And now I want to tell you a little casting tea. Reese Witherspoon, Carrie Russell, and Tiffany Amber Thiessen auditioned for the role of Cher. But without an audition, they brought Alicia in. They were like, thank you for your time. However, we have someone chosen. And then Sarah Michelle Gellar was offered the role of Amber, but she had to turn it down because her schedule on All My Children wouldn't give her time off. Wow. I know. That's a shame. She really would have had a good career had it been that she took this movie, you know? <laughs> if I wonder only. where she if would only. be today. Where would she be? <laughs> so before we make you give a one-minute synopsis of this film, I want to know what character, if any, do you identify with? I think I'm going to have to go with Cher. Mm. So this is going to be like twisted and kind of a little fucked up but clearly I was not a rich kid growing up like I kind of had it like I wouldn't say rough but like my mom knows how to squeeze a dime and get like a million dollars out of it yeah. somehow you didn't have an electric closet yeah no and we still don't have those in 2023 <laughs> for some reason like when I would disassociate and like try to be like what do I want to be like she is what I would say would be the epitome of what I'd want to be you know just like a carefree ditzy rich golden spoon kind of person truly the dream yeah and I'm trying to manifest it now so <laughs> ask believe receive and so it is <laughs> like what you're hearing head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more there you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. Every character I thought I related to, there was like a big reason why I wasn't that person. Like Cher, the ditziness and all of that stuff. Yes, I am her. But then I think she's too pure hearted. Like I am evil. Yeah. So then on the <laughs> other side, you think that I would be Amber because she's pathetic and jealous and shallow. But then she's a bad student. So then like, no, 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 no. Okay. So I'm just none of the leads. The person I relate to most is that lawyer that has to work with Cher and Josh at the end because he's judged mental but he also takes his work seriously and he does not like idiots ruining his <laughs> job yeah. in fact when he thinks he's gonna get in trouble he's like i'm taking tomorrow off that is me <laughs> yeah i agree with that 100 yeah. percent. but i think I if that's your sun sign your moon sign still is share mm. there's one line that she said that i was like oh donnie that's donnie reprimanding me when she <laughs> says it's one thing to spark up a doobie and get laced at parties but it's quite another to be fried all day i was like oh ding 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 donnie had yeah, but in high school i wouldn't even be okay with the parties 
A really? Oh, yeah. I was a big square in high school. Dakota, he admitted he wanted to be an RA in college. <laughs> that was like his dream. Wait, what's that? Is that the person that like the goes narc. around? The... Oh, yeah. We can't have that. Yeah, but I really wanted it because of the bulletin boards. <laughs> oh. Like, get a bulletin board for your dorm room, Donnie. <laughs> you really just wanted like the power trip of it all then? Uh-huh. No, I would be a fun RA. Like my door would always be open. I would let people borrow my DVDs in a blockbuster okay. type setting. They'd have to sign it out. They would. He'd be charging them a late fee. <laughs> I think that I am half Josh, half Ty. Oh, what a combo. Mm-hmm. I would say like I'm maybe like 10% Ty. Like I really like her, but she's a little rough. <laughs> Josh is like wholesome. Like there's a wholesome piece. Yeah. That's not the part that okay. Chelsea Oh, right. so, okay, okay, Dakota, okay. the time has come. We're going to put one minute on the clock and we're going to have you give us a synopsis of this fine film so whenever you're ready take it away okay listen i know how to bullshit talk these might not be complete sentences and this is a hot take i feel like clueless paved the way for mean girls for me it was everything i needed as a young gay kid simple iconic i think the true message for me was even though you may have good intentions that's not how others are interpreting you that and i know i have more time when you got it you got it you don't even need the full minute yeah Yeah. Mm. like Cher was so like you said pure intended but then you know her and ty have that falling out and that really wasn't her intention you know she was just trying to be a good friend i have opinions about that we'll get to yeah oh that's what we call in the (laughs) biz a teaser (laughs) so this movie opens with a noxima commercial where we meet Cher. she has an electric closet a pro refugee stance a dead mom a dad who gets paid 500 dollars an hour to argue with people no driver's license a best friend dion and a stepbrother josh Now, I just want to, right off the top, take a moment to talk about Josh because, spoiler alert, he ends up being the love interest. (laughs) And they do a good job of establishing kind of right away that Cher's dad was only married to his mom for about five minutes. But my question is, like, why do they have to be related? Why couldn't he have been an intern who works for Cher's dad? It still would have been forbidden. We still would have had, and we'll get into this, the age difference. Mm, yeah. But I don't understand why we had to make him her stepbrother. Yeah. It kind of seems like maybe that that was not really well planned out. I know it was based on a book. Why couldn't we have changed it? Yeah. And that, I think, because Cruel Intentions falls into the same issue. I don't know what jobs people had or like who lived with who in the 1800s. But I feel like when we try to take classic literature and plop it in today's times, whatever that connection was for these characters originally, they're like, well, they have to be close, but not whatever so they just always make them step siblings and i don't understand step bro what are you doing i'm just kidding <laughs> inappropriate joke to make solely because of the age difference but no, I love you that. know what it's giving and like not to sidetrack but it's giving caitlin and tyler from teen mom yes <gasps> and that's not based on classic literature that's just life that's right now Ooh. yeah but that's what it's given yes share and josh is like Okay, they might not have a strong sibling bond, but he calls Cher's dad, dad. Mm -hmm. Like, he considers her father his father figure. He celebrates Easter with them. Like, he clearly is part of the family in a very son capacity, and that's troubling to me. And then, Donnie, I'm so glad you brought up Cruel Intentions because you're not going to like this hot take, but the scene when they are both in leather jackets by the pool, I gasped. Because I realized that Cruel Intentions is a knockoff. This movie came out in 1995, and Sarah Michelle Gellar didn't want to fuck her stepbrother until 1999. Mm-hmm. Well, I need to go back and rewatch that. It's perfect. Perfect cinematic masterpiece. I'm not asking your husband his opinion, because if he gives it a two on Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> he's out of here. You're going to get blocked by proxy. <laughs> but now I have a confession that I don't even like to say Uh-oh. it, but I'm just going to rip the band-aid off and say it. I used to be obsessed with the Clueless TV show, Obsessed. It used to be on TGIF, and then it moved to, like, UPN or something. And I watched every single episode, loved it. I had never seen the movie until I was in college. Oh, my God. So, so like, I watched the TV show without any clueless knowledge. I was just immersed in the world of the sitcom. So, because the movie doesn't have nostalgic ties for me, I do like the TV show better. Okay. We'll give you a pass. I don't think I deserve one, but I appreciate it. Well, I mean, it it died on UPN. (laughs) UPN died afterwards. So, those were the days. Passion. Oh, 
passions. Come back for that episode. Listen, I know we're here to talk about no, Clueless, but away. I just did a rewatch of Passions. <laughs> I need to know who wrote that because Passions is the one where the girl threw a woman in a dark hole, carried around a potato sack, and fooled everyone that it was a baby while the woman in the dark hole was pregnant and then made her have the baby and then she passed it on as her. Terry <laughs> Schuster could never. Who wrote that? <laughs> and Sheridan was in that hole for no joke five months. It seemed like forever. <laughs> so they would just like cut to her, like as a reminder, still in the hole. Yeah, in the hole, like shivering. Yeah, like who's gonna save me? Like that. Yeah. And she had some kind of like hyper baby because I mean you're right, Donnie. It grew in like five months. Mm-hmm. I mean I don't know what happened. <laughs> and she had quite a life, the woman in the hall, because she was Princess Diana's best friend. The first episode yes. of Passions is Princess Diana dying. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Wait. A plot point of Passions was Princess Diana's death. There's not a plot that that show did not go to. Well, they had the little doll character that only the woman could speak to, right? Yes. I tried to forget that. It's very true. (laughs) But anyway. Anyway, clueless. After her teachers try to lowball her on a report card, Cher refuses to accept the first offer and is able to weaponize feminism and the Clean Air Act to get most of her grades changed. But her debate teacher, Mr. Hall, refuses to budge. That That is, until Cher realizes that all Mr. Hall needs is to be sublimely happy with a good, healthy boink fest. (laughs) And just like that, her C-plus turns into an A-minus, which, to be clear, she played matchmaker. She wasn't the one doing the boinking. (laughs) But this seems like something you would do, Donnie. Like, I bet that you somehow got teachers to change your grades uh no because that ties into the being a good student thing like i feel like the teacher told you what your grade is that is your grade don't fight it don't do anything you're a bad student if you do however before we got to the final grades i did used to tell teachers that i was doing extra credit like no extra credit was offered they didn't say you can do this 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 or this for extra credit for chemistry true story swear to god this is not made up i went into my chemistry teacher and said hey i wrote an episode of saved by the bell because in my episode like plot was important and then i just threw in science facts one per scene got extra credit for that and you went to your english teacher and you were like hey i wrote the pilot to passion princess diana dies i should have yeah and then for health class i rewrote cruel intentions but like about the (laughs) about the eating disorder and about like the unsafe sex and stuff i put in real facts extra credit yeah that's that can-do attitude yeah and i cannot oh welcome to my world (laughs) this there's no segue, and this doesn't have to do with anything else, but Perfect. I just have to state this out loud. The actor that plays Mr. Hall is exactly how all newborn babies look. <laughs> like, his face looks like a newborn. 1,000%. Except your daughter looked like Sean Astin. Well, yeah, but my daughters are special and unique. But, <laughs> okay. you know, like, every new mom, and I was one of them, is like, oh, my God, my baby is so cute, so precious, the most beautiful angel. And, like, that's just a biological reaction. We have to think that our yeah. little newborn potato is cute so like we don't eat it or whatever <clears throat> when we were cave people but all newborns look like when Voldemort is like cast out of the horcrux like, <laughs> anyway so riding the high off of her philanthropic efforts Cher sets her sights on her next project Ty Frazier a transfer student who is adorably clueless Cher quickly shuts down Ty's crush on Travis washes the red dye number three out of her hair teaches her the words sporadically develops her buns of steels and rescues her from teenage hell in a good old-fashioned makeover. Mm. What were our thoughts on this makeover? I genuinely feel like it was good intended. But unfortunately, (laughs) Cher doesn't have the um, social intelligence to not insult people and she doesn't have the ability to come across how she's intending. Maybe I have that too because I'm not going to say anything nice. My problem (laughs) with the makeover was (laughs) when you could see that Cher and Dion picked out the outfit I thought it was great. Like the sweater with the collar underneath and the plaid skirt. Very cute. But then there are clearly times when Sharon Dion just gave her guidance and said like, go away, little chick. Dress yourself. And that is when she looked like the cover of Mary-Kate and Ashley, our first video. Like those overalls <laughs> and then the skirt. It was too much. I hated so it. So your problem was that Cher didn't micromanage Ty enough. Yeah. It's the goody two-shoes in you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
You asked our thoughts on the makeover, so I'm giving you my thoughts on the makeover. Like, either do your job completely or not at all, because right now you are signing your name off on this makeover, and then she's dressing like that to party. I see what you're saying. It was good intended, but then it was half-assed. Yes. So I got you. You need to be whole-ass. Did you like the makeover, Chelsea? No, but I also, I'm with Dakota where I understand she was coming from a good place, but for her to try to basically like change everything about her to make her into like her little Barbie doll, I liked that by the end she realized like, oh, Ty can be her own person. Mm -hmm. But I like that Ty came in like asking for weed, thinking they're about to do coke and (laughs) Cher is like completely oblivious and is like, oh, I'm going to help you. It's like, meanwhile, Ty has lived 27 lives before this one. And she's on her 30th by the time she gets to her lunch break. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that was me. I was hanging out with older people. So that was me. Same, same. I've lived. I'm a hard 84 at this point. (laughs) I hung out with older people, too. They were just the English inquire teacher. Oh, Soon, the whole school heads to a party in the valley, including Cher, Ty, Dion, and Dion's awful boyfriend, Turk, from Scrubs. And we should have known that this man was no good because, as Donnie told us in a previous episode, men with braces be cheating. They do. I can only speak from personal experience, but this is twice now. Once in my life, and now Turk from Scrubs. Mm Mm-hmm. And Dr. Turk's tomfoolery doesn't stop with polyester extensions, near-death highway experiences, or calling his girlfriend woman constantly because Dion finds him mid-party getting his head shaved. (laughs) Have either of you ever witnessed or engaged in like a mid-party makeover like this one? (laughs) Does it happen? Yeah. So no. Yeah, when you asked your question, that was my first thing. I was about to be like, does it actually happen? Well, I've never witnessed anybody like shaving their head, but in college, I was at a party where one of the soccer guys got his ears pierced. It was like the old fashioned like ice, ice cube. cube needle through. Like the parent trap. Yeah, but this okay. was particularly disturbing because he got his ear pierced three separate times. They would do it. He would have the little studs in, and then he would panic and say, you got to take him out. And then he was so drunk that he would forget that that had already happened. And then he'd be like, all right, bro, pierce my ears. (laughs) It was the third time that... Thank God his friends stepped in and were like, you're going to keep them until tomorrow. And then I saw him the next day, his whole ears bruised and swollen. Oh, my God. Definitely infected. I feel like mine are red just listening to that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the thing is, is like that sounds very straight boy behavior at college. Yeah. I could never can't relate. (laughs) No. The closest I got, and this was before the party, I let my friend trim my hair, which was a bad mistake but i went to college in the middle of pennsylvania so even though i wasn't straight boy behavior my options were only straight boy behavior like i couldn't go to a salon and get my hair done in middle of pennsylvania so i was like my friend can shape it up and then she messed it up and my mom has talked about it since. She's like, don't let her cut your hair. Like, I know, she's not. First of all, I'm bald and 37 years old and live eight (laughs) hours away from her, but I won't let her cut my hair. What did it look like? Just issues in the back. So, like, I could pretend nothing happened to it, but everybody else. Now that you're talking about it, I haven't done anything drastic like that, but I have gone to a party, seen how, like, bad my makeup looks in that lighting, and like dug through my purse and like redid it at the party a different way. So kinda. Yeah, that counts. But like not really. <laughs> That's just like an act two. That's just a costume change. Yeah, yeah. It was the eyebrows that threw mm. everything off. Thank God I have the microblading now. <laughs> I just said screw it with the eyebrows and didn't wear them out of the bathroom. And people were like, where'd your eyebrows go? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> they're, gone. they're in the trash on the makeup line. <laughs> One time I did cut my brother's hair and mm. my brother has the thickest hair his hairline starts it's like Teresa Judici so like, jealous. it starts at the <laughs> eyebrows but I cut his hair he wanted it to be like one of those like stylish European <laughs> soccer player cuts where it kind of fades I don't have the skill set but I do have delusions of grandeur so I was like oh yeah I can do that that's fine he ended up looking kind of like Friar Tuck uh-huh. it was basically just like a bowl cut of varying <laughs> degrees of choppiness. Did you ever see the Cosby Show episode where Denise tells Theo she can make him that shirt, the replica of the shirt <laughs> yes. he wants? That's you. 
<laughs> I really do have just a lot of confidence about things I should not. <laughs> so Braceface isn't the only skeezy guy in town. And while a concussed tie is rolling with the homies. Mm. Iconic. Like when I sing Donnie. <laughs> Elton takes Cher to a gas station parking lot to force his tongue down her throat. But her night of horrors doesn't end there because not only does she have to sit through two pretentious assholes talking about Hamlet when she calls Josh to pick her up, mm. but also, you know, the whole getting robbed at gunpoint thing. Honestly, she didn't seem really phased. <laughs> she was really mad about that dress. Yeah, that was it. She was like, you know what? You can shoot me, but like, please don't get the blood on the dress. <laughs> and speaking of, you brought up Cruel Intentions earlier, but speaking of copycats this reminded me of sex in the city when he holds carrie up and she only cares about the shoes so i think she copied not clueless paving the way <laughs> i know truly an icon share horowitz i've told the story of when i got held up at gunpoint oh my god and i've tried to make it funny it's just not really a funny story <laughs> no. so i'm gonna opt out of that one yeah. but my brother and i when he came on the podcast we talked about how my family just like casually drops significant childhood trauma just like very casually like mid-sip <laughs> i recently learned about the time that my uncle was kidnapped as a child <gasps> was he returned oh yeah i gotta get up for this one hold on i know <laughs> so he was working at church's chicken and he was working the late shift it was just him and two guys came in and they held him up at gunpoint to like rob the place they put him in his car and they drove around with a gun to his head but this is the really fucked up part they took him to a payphone because this was in like the 70s they took him to a payphone to call his family for ransom uh. he is one of 13 children so like a very large family he called everyone and no one answered <laughs> oh. so then finally they were like well fuck so they dropped him off at this apartment complex he says they're like the dumbest robbers in history because he went and like knocked on somebody's apartment and called the police and the robbers slash kidnappers were still in <gasps> the apartment complex parking lot counting the money they had stolen. So they got arrested. Wow. Well, let me just say, if I was the robbers and I picked up somebody that could not get a hold of 13 people, that is the odds telling me <laughs> that I ain't meant to rob nobody. So I would literally just let them out and go home and earn an honest dollar somewhere. <laughs> I'm not trying to fight with the universe and look where it got them they got busted uh-huh i would give him the money probably yeah. reset the <laughs> odds here you need this more than we do <laughs> oh my god can't wait to find out what i learned this mother's day when mm. we all get together me neither honestly i do think that my family needs some sort of like hbo dark comedy written about the shit that is in my family you should be making um instagram reels or tiktoks about it <laughs> hello <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the Force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, <laughs> unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles 
Bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTEONE, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. Just when Cher thinks that searching for love is like searching for meaning in a Pauly Shore movie, enter Christian. He's cute, he has a thing for Tony Curtis, he's dressed like Danny Zuko, and he's very, very gay. He sure is. I know Cher likes smarts of like street and book variety, but how does she not know this man is gay? So I think it's really easy for like people today to pick up on it. Because you got to think, like, back in the 90s, the only gay people you could think of is, like, super outlandish characters that we've come to love and admire. And now it's just, like, it's the everyday people in your life. Mm. You know, when did Queer Eye start? It was in the late 90s, wasn't it? I think early 2000s. Somewhere right around then. And so I think that's just, like, you know, when these people who weren't exposed to it every day that's what they thought gay people were not christian rolling in with his jacket and accent and you know hair and all this stuff now today i'd be like now share <laughs> let me open grinder real quick i'll show he's right here no i think you're exactly <laughs> right and i have to imagine people watching this movie for the first time there were a few people that were like shocked by the reveal oh yeah people are shocked now like you guys would not believe or maybe you would <laughs> the amount of dms that i get where people i'll look at their page and you know they have like their town and it'll be some like bumfuck town in like Kansas or something. And they'll be like, I have never seen a gay person other than like Neil Patrick Harris or mm. Modern Family. Wow. And I'm like, really? It happens so much that I think people are just still under a rock. When I worked at that condo in Philadelphia, I worked with all older straight men and none of them knew I was. It was crazy. Wow. Yeah. Even when you were putting a little kerchief around your cleaning uniform? It it wasn't a kerchief. It was just puka shells and a pink t-shirt underneath. (laughs) But yes, I did add some flavor to my uniform, as everyone's fully aware. But yeah, they had no idea. Hmm. I know. My question is, why did Christian decide that he was just going to be a character in Pleasant Mm -hmm. It was jarring for me. (laughs) I think they were trying to, like, oversell the bad boy. Yeah. And you can be a 50s bad boy and still be very gay. Whereas I think if they made him a 90s bad boy, it's harder to do that. But, like, John Travolta, (laughs) allegedly... And he is Danny Zuko. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta be Wendy Williams over here. We're not getting sued. Clap if you think he is. <laughs> I have one more thing about Christian. Baking for him is a cute thing that Cher did, though. But I feel like cooking together is never a good idea. Because Mm-mm. as you know, the man whose bed I shit in, we cooked dinner together first. And I didn't know that. I mean, I knew about the bed shitting. But the details just keep sliding on I in, know. much like that poop. Wait, you shit in someone's bed? Yeah. I want to say it's a long story, but it's exactly what it sounds like. We cooked dinner together. We boinked. And then this was before I was like a true anal professional. Uh-huh. So... I shit on his bed. I'm so innocently minded. Like, I thought that, like, no, not you guys like, dinner. No, no, no. You did the deed, you went to bed, and then you just shit in your sleep. That's where my head went. Oh, no, no. <laughs> just a little, <laughs> just after. Oopsie doopsie poopsie. And yeah. then when I got out of bed, I, like, saw it. He didn't. So then I threw the comforter over it, and then he gave me a towel to clean off. 
<laughs> when I did, he took it back and I was like, no, I still need it. There's more to clean. And that's when I reveal. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is it's a good thing that Cher burnt that roast because she could have ended up pooping in bed. Well, yeah, but I also wanted to get, <laughs> I know, Dakota, that you are like an eat out foodie, but do mm-hmm. you and Jackson throw down in the kitchen? So contrary to what everyone thinks, we do eat at home three to four days of the week. Oh, okay. Most of the time, it's like meal prep stuff for dinner. I know how to cook like very basic things. Yeah. Jackson can't cook anything. <laughs> if it doesn't come out of the freezer and it doesn't need to be like reheated, then he's out. Oh, wow. He can do eggs. He can do eggs and like pancakes and that's really it. He and Chelsea have that no, in common. No, he's one up me. I can do eggs, but I can't do pancakes. <laughs> I can't do them either. Really? They're either too thin or too runny and I, I just don't got the patience for it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I want to say like maybe our fourth or fifth date seven years ago, I went over to his apartment and I was going to cook fish and I bought like all this stuff. And usually even now I'm like, here, try it to make sure like it's good. I don't know if that's just the Southern white lady in me, you know, (laughs) offer somebody else food before I eat myself. Um, You know, and when I went to hand it, I dropped the plate. It shattered everywhere. (laughs) The fish shattered everywhere because it was that tender. Okay. (laughs) And um, I didn't cook for him for a while after that. It took me a while to get over that. Uh, I get it. I would have been shattered on that. (laughs) Yeah. When we first started dating, my husband and I, I tried to cook for him a couple of times. And he finally did get up the courage to be like, stop. Please stop. (laughs) One last thing about share cooking. I was so stressed that they just left that oven open. They just left the room. I was like, they're going to asphyxiate. <laughs> no, girl, that's that rich girl house. She had yeah. something in there that would cut us oh, off. Yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> a robot butler is going to like come in. Yeah. <laughs> Some kind of contraption will notice that the room's getting warmer. So it'll turn the oven off. So things go from bad to worse, and Cher finds herself living in an alternate universe. She can't find her white collarless shirt from Fred Siegel. The messiah of the DMV fails her. Ty is suddenly the most popular girl in school after suffering a brush with death at the mall. And there is an overwhelming sense of ickiness when she realizes she is majorly, totally, but crazy in love with Josh. In short, she's a virgin who can't drive. (laughs) Now, Donnie, I know you can't drive. We certainly know you're not a virgin. And not to brag, but I did pass my driver's test the first time. Dakota, are you a good driver? Um, am I a good driver or am I a efficient? Oh, driver? favorite is different than best. <laughs> exactly. So I passed the behind the wheel immediately first. Mm-hmm. Um, in Virginia, you I don't know if they do it like this still, but you take driver's ed with your PE teacher. Listen, I grew up in the backwoods. And so I passed that immediately. And then I go off to the DMV when I'm 16 and I failed the written test three times. It's oh. them signs. Like, who needs half the signs we have? Wait, I don't need to know what they are. You do the road first? Yes. So I did the road when you're 15 and six months. You do the road, you get your permit. And then when you turn 16, you can go take the written test and then you're free to go like after that once you pass it i don't know if it's still like that but that's how it was when i started we didn't do where you had to take the test but you took driver's ed and then you got your permit i think that's when the written test was i think you take the written test to get your permit and then you have to get like a certain amount of hours before you're eligible to get Mm -hmm. the full license but my parents hated driving with me so much that they just like gave me the hours and signed i'm calling the dmv (laughs) i know but looking back i'm like that is like really dangerous that i was so bad at driving that it spooked your spirit so then instead of putting yourself in danger by driving with me you just signed off so then i could just be on 495 i have backseat drivers all the time and it drives me insane i cannot stand it i have only crashed one time (laughs) because a deer you know ran out in front of me Uh. okay other than that i've never crashed i have probably two handfuls of tickets and they're all for speeding but that's why i now have an suv that is extremely slow and it is almost near impossible for me to speed in it. So <laughs> Your foot like goes through the floor. <laughs> yeah, that Toyota 4Runner six-cylinder will probably last me forever. But if I need to get away from somebody, I'm toast. <laughs> it's run by like squirrels on a hamster wheel. It's slow. <laughs> I hate backseat drivers okay. because I don't have a license. So you could literally like go on a Sonic the Hedgehog like loop-de-loop with your car. And my body would react. Like I would be holding mm-hmm. on, but I would never say anything. That's nice of you. I think it's so rude. Drive yourself if you want to say something. I literally will pull over or I'll be like, do you want to drive? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, then. 
I'm aware that you're in the car and like I'm just um quick with my movements. Let's okay. put it that way. Yeah. You like to be where you Since like Since I've to had be. kids, yeah. I drive like a grandmother. Like I'm very safe. Driving with my mom is one of the circles mm. of hell. I'm fairly convinced that like the devil will use that as a form of torture if I don't <laughs> make it to heaven in the afterlife. Just me driving with my mom forever. <laughs> she will like gasp, but the way she does it startles me so I'm like looking around because I'm like clearly with this reaction I'm about to get like side swiped or something and she's like oh no sorry it's a red light it's a red light I'm like oh my god I'm gonna kill you yeah love you mom thanks for listening she listens every week I talk shit every week in terms of clueless Dion driving is like one of my favorite scenes I just love that because it's the epitome of every kid like that yes. just wants their parent to like shut up because you're making the situation more anxious you know it's so, so good. good and she looks so good doing it with that little net in her head uh-huh fabulous yeah but yes. can i throw a little shade of course please can we talk about something that aged like rotten milk blockbuster <laughs> is stacy dash oh uh, yeah just yeah. rotten milk i cannot mm. Terrible. i had to get that out there i was excited to say that i love clueless <laughs> like you know and i'm here for alicia and Cher and everyone but i cannot so she will not be in my reboot. No. She will not no. be in mine either. She goes out of her way to be an asshole. Yeah. So Cher tries to get her life back on track by becoming the captain of the Pismo Beach Relief Fund. She watches a newly sober Travis skateboard. She makes up with Ty and starts helping her dad with his upcoming disposition. But in a tale as old as time, child labor leads to a whoopsie-doopsie on her father's lawsuit. <laughs> and I hate to side with the grumpy finance bro that apparently Donnie resonates with, but Cher should not have been involved in this case. And Josh mm. shouldn't have been playing footsie with an underage 16-year-old. Right. Like, there's so much about this situation that is just ick. Like, I know he's Paul Rudd, so we love him, but ew. Yeah, and the father supports it. Like, when Josh says earlier in the movie he's going to go pick Cher up from that party or whatever, the father, like, looks off to the side and does a little... <laughs> like that like why are you supporting right. that he's so yeah. protective in every other way but then yeah. at the very earliest he's 18 but he already knows he wants to be a lawyer and like seems to have a major yeah. so I think he's like 20 I think you know I'm not defending it at all I'm just trying to explain <laughs> no, no, no. it yeah. there's this outdated belief that the man should always be older than the woman and it's almost like where he's of age he's a protector yeah. you know like a big brother <laughs> yeah. oh god <laughs> Because that's still, like, if you go to some of these small towns like I'm from, that kind of thing is, like, so normal. Mm. You know, when I first came out, I was in, I was a freshman, and I had, like, seniors who were still in high school, but who were, like, 18, like, trying to, you know. Yeah. And I was just like, it's kind of weird because you're older and we have nothing to talk about, but it's kind of not because we're in high school together, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of stuff still goes on there right now. Well, and four years is nothing when you are adults. of age. Yeah. But 16 to yeah. 20 is a big four years. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Donnie, I kind of brushed past it, but I know you said you had something to say about Ty and Cher's fight. Yes, I do. Thank you. I don't think Cher did a goddamn thing wrong here. I think Ty was ready with this harsh dig at her. She had been thinking about it. It had been boiling up. She knew exactly the insult she was going to use on Cher. And not just one, two. A version who can drive. Like two things Cher's insecure about, you just threw in her face you've been ready and now this is where if I was Amy Heckerling the movie would take a turn because if I was Cher my life mission would now be to bring Ty down <laughs> but Cher is like I said pure hearted and too mm -hmm. nice so that makes me unsettled like how can someone in this world be that nice <laughs> Some people just have it in them. I guess. Not me, apparently. And then they apologize to each other. So it's like supposed to be yeah. the same level of hurt. Like her saying that maybe Ty and Josh aren't a good match and Ty just like torpedoing everything that she's insecure about. Now I will say, yeah. Dakota, you made me realize that in the beginning of the movie is where Cher's problem was shown. Like she did judge this girl based on looks and actions and all of that and made her change her whole personality. So like, I do see there where Cher was wrong, but Ty signed up for it. This is a program she wanted to be a part of. She filled out the forms. She 
did her little classes with Cher. And then when she doesn't like what the final exam says, that's when you tell her? I don't think so, honey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's Frankenstein's monster. Like, she did too good of a job, and then now she's lost control of the beast mm. because Ty is yeah. HBIC now. Mean girl. <laughs> But a little Lolita lovin' never stopped anyone, and our movie ends with Cher catching a bouquet and making out with her stepbrother. God is good, a happy ending for all. Mm. I do love this movie. I know we oh, always yeah. shit on the movies that we love, but I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Same. Final thoughts. If we were to bring this movie to present day, who would we cast in a reboot, or what would the plot of a sequel be? I've been ready. So um, <laughs> I would get rid of everyone except Cher and Alicia. Uh. And I don't know if you guys follow her on Instagram, but she's definitely giving like wholesome granola, perfect housewife mommy. Uh So we need the sequel or whatever you want to call it to be about where is Cher now and her family. Is the stepbrother the father or is she with someone now? Um, I would like to shut that down immediately and say no. Perfect. (laughs) She gets a collect call from jail in the pilot. And it's him. I mean, we could just really do it around her maybe being like a single mom. Because, you know, she thought her life was so perfect and this, that, and the fourth. And let's say maybe she's a single mom and like trying to like be a parent. Yeah, that's good. What about you, Donnie? So first I want to drop real clueless tea. Peacock was going to do a gritty reboot series last year but then once the script was written and the producers read it, they were like oh no, absolutely not. So they still have the title like saved and they will be doing something with it but the format they were going to do they like completely ditched but I do want to tell you what it was about because it was such garbage and I would have watched every single episode twice. This is the description for what the Clueless TV show was going to be. Okay. A baby pink and bisexual blue tinted tiny sunglasses wearing oat milk latte and Adderall feud look at what happens when Queen Bee Cher disappears and her lifelong number two Dion steps into Cher's vacant Air Jordans. How does Dion deal with the pressures of being the most popular girl in school while also unraveling the mystery of what happened to her best friend? So it's Pretty Little Liars. It is, it is Pretty Little Liars. Because Pretty Little Liars is so iconic. And these other shows that like try to redo it, like Riverdale, just cancel yourself because the original PLL is where it's at and no one can ever do that. I was just texting Donnie today that we need to at some point recap Pretty Little Liars for our Patreon because that show gets I'll come to every single one. Oh, please. Okay. However, I will say to tie it back into passions in the beginning, (laughs) if you watch Riverdale with a passions lens, it's giving exactly what passions used to give. Like they have powers now. They time travel. It's truly, there's musical episodes, bat shit. And when I realized it was more passions than PLL, I was like, oh wait, I think I love it. See, that's (laughs) why I still don't understand why you never got into Lost because I guess Lost is like the straight, person's version of passions yeah that's my problem with i love yellow jackets but when we're only on one set the whole time and that set is outside it just makes (laughs) me think of how miserable i am outside like i don't want to be in a jungle every single episode i don't want to be in the mountains every episode i think of bugs yeah and like this is we're gonna get dark for a second i don't understand why people like fight for their lives to live through stuff like that. Like, I do not want to live 18 months Uh like that. (laughs) If you got the call Um, tomorrow that you would be on Survivor, would you do it? It's so tough because Survivor... In, if this was 2006, yes. But now they don't make enough of a plot line about people not being good in that scenario. And I think that's all I would be. Like, I would complain about bugs. I would itch at night. I wouldn't be able to sleep. I would whine. And like, if you're going to make that my package, yes. But if I were just to go on Survivor and not be really televised, mm-hmm. because that's all I was doing, and then they vote me out first, no, it's not worth it. I see. No. <laughs> so you would only go if you could be like the baby bitch villain. Yeah. And yeah. I could still be voted out first, but like, I need a segment with like, bum, bum. Bum, bum, music behind me like ah, ah, like that. yeah I'm not 
cooking fish like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, to answer your question, I would rather they just reboot the sitcom with all of the original actors of the movie still playing high school students. Oh, I love that. And we're not going to acknowledge it at all. <laughs> Very Pen15. I mean, that's what they do now. I mean, <laughs> that's true. Too. Well, honestly, when I was casting my reboot, I wasn't burdened by age at all because even in the original, they certainly didn't try. They didn't try to make oh, them look young. Mm-hmm. They just smacked some braces on them and called it a day. <laughs> yeah. So, true. I did a reboot. Okay. Oh, my husband, Dr. Bald, wanted to make it known that he thought it would be funny if they cast Paul Rudd as himself because he doesn't age. So he really wanted to get that joke in there. Okay. Really pushed for that one. So there you go. Good one. Good one. So Megan Faye from White Lotus okay, uh-huh. as Cher. Tyler James Williams as Josh. Okay. Sydney Sweeney as Dion. Uh Jenna Ortega as Ty, and then Dave Franco as Travis. Huh. Okay. (laughs) Met with just stunned silence. I would watch that Paramount Plus show before I watch that. I would watch it only for Dave Franco. Okay, that's fair. (laughs) Oh, out of everyone. Wow, okay. Oh, I have such a crush on both of them. James Franco is on my nemesis list, but Dave Franco could get it any day of the week. Yeah, Yeah, his behavior is pretty um, questionable. (laughs) Pretty Josh adjacent in terms of the dating pool, Mm. if you know what I mean. Allegedly. Allegedly. He didn't age very well. (laughs) I have the luxury of saying that sitting here plumped full of pillars and Botox, (laughs) but I mean like, I just don't feel like he aged as good. I agree. So final, final thoughts. What for us about this movie aged well and what aged like blockbuster? I have to say Cher's thoughts on refugees. It does not say RSVP on the Statue of Liberty. That aged beautifully. And I think Cher overall aged beautifully. I think if they were to remake this, you could write Cher 90% the same. Yeah. She uses the R word a couple times, but besides that, I don't yeah. think there's anything, even the whole movie, actually, I think there's not really anything. <laughs> well, Murray does have that cake boy monologue. That didn't bother me. And if I'm not bothered, go ahead and use it. <laughs> yeah. I think also having an openly gay character, like they dabble in some stereotypes, but he is a pretty well-rounded person and like a very good person. And I think for 1995, it was either like you said it, you're getting the flamboyant stereotype or you're not getting anything at all. So I think that this was pretty ahead of its time. Yeah, because I don't even think that he was a stereotype of gay people necessarily. Like he was definitely a weird character, but they all are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, they're all kind of caricatures of whoever they're playing. It's a very campy movie. Absolutely. Yeah. They did it off Broadway a few years ago before COVID, a musical version, and they did all 90 songs in it. It was so fun. And Dove Cameron was... Share. She was pretty good. Wow. Yeah. I yeah. think also this cast, with the exception of Stacey Dash, aged really well just in terms of their careers, but also just mm. literally aging very well. Everyone except yeah. Miss Stacey. <laughs> So thank you so much for coming on, Dakota. Please tell everybody where they can watch your hilarious videos, consume your content, all the things. Pimp yourself out. Well, thank you for having me. I want to come back for the PLL. So you can follow me on Instagram at Dakota Wright, on TikTok at Print Fairy, and on Twitter at For To Drink. And I'm very unhinged on Twitter, so just prepare yourself. Perfect. So next week, we are covering the Lizzie McGuire movie. So stay tuned for that. And we will talk to you later. Love Love you like like a sister. sister. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at RealDonnyWood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at OnoChels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk Talk to you later. later. Love you like like a sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.